Before the Ranger Creed is recited by a formation of Rangers at a ceremony, you always hear the narrator say, Will all Rangers, past and present, please join as we recite the Ranger Creed? Every Ranger will stand, and as they say those six stanzas, they are transformed back to a time when they had the pleasure and the burden of this brotherhood. That feeling is hard to describe. However, it's one that never leaves you. It's a connection that spans the globe and can be reignited when you hear the phrase, Hey Ranger, what battalion were you from? Amongst this formation, there are Rangers that stand out. They are legends of this elite organization, and when their names are spoken, people instantly have a story, and for a moment, relive it. Legends of the 75th Podcast wants to capture that feeling and those stories. We want to ensure that these legends, triumphs, and sacrifices never fade away. So sit back with your favorite adult beverage and listen to the stories from the Legends of the 75th. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Legend of the 75th Podcast. Uh, We have definitely done it. We have definitely called in some favors, uh, synced some schedules, which, by the way, I might add, has been extremely difficult on uh, on his end and our end as well. But we have finally made it happen. I have the absolute pleasure of introducing and bringing on the podcast tonight, Lieutenant Colonel Edward Graham. So, Edward... Graduated from the United States Military Academy in 2003, and he actually came into the military as an FA officer. Uh, After serving in 375 and doing one deployment to Afghanistan, he basically was asked, hey, do you want to be an infantry PL? He said, absolutely. That is what I actually joined the Army for. And uh, then he did a rotation as a PL in 375. Left the Ranger Regiment, came back to 175, where he served as a DECO commander of note. And we'll dive into it as we get into the podcast. He had the pleasure of serving with First Sergeant Donaldson at the time and also Brett Johnson. So, you know, some big names there. Uh, Eventually coming back as a battalion XO and RSDB and then did some time uh, down at USASOC doing a lot of different positions uh, out there. He's currently still actually in the Army Reserves and also serves as a COO of Samaritan's Purse. Um, so we are absolutely honored to have you on the podcast today. And I can actually say, sir, you know, out of respect because you're still serving. So uh, it's yeah. not out of sorts I, there, but uh, it's I a pleasure to I'm have you on. Serve officer. I don't think that counts. You can just call <laughs> me. <laughs> well, I know uh, you got a lot going on and you're definitely busy, but we're going to ask you in this podcast to, uh, you know, take a take your time back and go back into the Ranger Regiment and, uh, you know, reminisce about that because this, this podcast is about two things. It's about the Ranger Regiment as a whole, but more specifically about your time in the Ranger Regiment as obviously the podcast name kind of obviously alludes to, we're going to talk about the, your time in the Ranger Regiment. So obviously you have an upbringing that is very different. Uh, than most people, um, you know, a lot of influential factors um, that many people know because uh, I didn't highlight it in there. But you're also the grandson of the late Billy Graham, um, which is a big deal as well. And uh, you know, so I'm sure you had a lot of influences and a lot of things that uh, you know influenced you throughout your time. You know, what 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 came? You know, why did you decide to serve in the military? Yeah, you know, I get it a lot. Um, matter of fact, Sergeant Major Rick Merritt asked me on my first board. He was a op Sergeant Major at the time when he asked me on my my then rope board when I came in as an FSO. 
But I'm the kid that lived his dream. I had two posters on my wall. I had a uh, Army Ranger poster, and I can never find it again. It's like a pencil drawing poster, and it's a, a guy. Matter of fact, uh, Denman, Jericho Denman, had it on his office wall. Okay, I, I think I know which one you're talking about. When he's the first time, but it's a guy coming down with he's got an AK-47. It's an old like Vietnam era Ranger. He's got the Ranger roll and a rope across his chest. And I had that on my wall, and then I had you know West Point poster on my wall. And I wanted to go be an army officer and serve in the Ranger Regiment. And I knew what Abrams Charter was at the time as a kid. I liked history and I learned. And, you know, I remember, you know, reading about Grenada. I was a little too young to quite remember. Now, I remember Panama. I remember Panama well. And who jumped in again? It, it was the Rangers. So I knew if I wanted to be in the army and I wanted to be in the organization that was going to go and be a part of something and actually do it, you wanted to go to the Ranger Regiment. And so... People ask me all the time. I don't know why I wanted the army so bad. My dad always took me to army surplus stores. I had a, my grandfather, not Billy, but my mom's um, dad, and he was my hero. Um, he was a Marine in World War II and fought on Tarwin, was shot on Saipan. So I wanted to serve my country. I love this nation, but I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be in the Army Rangers. Yeah. So you don't have a story, though, about maybe trying to be a Marine and then, you know, changing your mind at the end. <laughs> no, I wanted, I wanted to be an army ranger and my family was always, always supportive. So it was my grandfather, you know, Billy. And, um, they, they loved me going to the fact, I think everybody likes their kid going to West point. They like the idea, right. They don't like what comes after, especially if you go to combat. Um, but oh, man, it's, what's the point of going to a school like that and learn to lead if you're not going to put it into practice. And so nine 11, I'm matter of fact, my birthday, September 11th, I was born really? in 11. 1979. Wow. My junior year at West Point on my birthday is when the towers were attacked. So we knew we were going to war at that point. West Point was wrong. They trained us for peacekeeping missions. We're all you know, talking about Krasnovians, all this stuff, these fake people that sounded like Bosnian names. And we were training for Europe and peacekeeping missions. And then all of a sudden we knew we were going to war. But uh, man, I live my dream. Yeah. Well, let's lean in for a minute there because we've never had the perspective of, we've got a lot of perspectives about 9-11, but we've never had anybody on the podcast that talks about, you know, being at West Point, we all have, you know, we remember, you know, where we were on 9-11. It's a, you know, something that obviously shaped all of us uh, in many ways, uh, whether you served in the military or not, it still shapes you. Um, you know, let's talk about that day, it, you know, where you were, what, how it ha or what happened, and then, you know, how mentality has changed because you're absolutely right. And I could speak of that. I mean, I was in Ranger Regiment. I was a young uh, team leader, you know, and, you know, singing the cadence of, Hey, you know, somebody, anybody give us a war. Hey, you know, those kind of things. But, uh, you know, same thing, you know, peacekeeping missions. Yes. We had the airfield seizure, you know, dynamic of it, but uh, I was actually in Europe when nine 11 happened, you know, and it was very different kind of training and then nine 11 happened and everything kind of shifts. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's funny you talk about your because I remember talking like Ironman, who's now you know a brigade sergeant major out there, and he was yep, he worked for me for a while, but he was in Europe too. Uh, y'all must have been doing a regimental level exercise if you're both over there, but yeah, well, um, yeah. You know, well it was it was kind of it was uh, it was actually not part of the same thing because he was over in Hungary, or he's either in Hungary or UK. I was in Germany, yeah, so he was in Hungary, so oh, okay. Uh, Man, you got a good memory. You remember where other people were. Um, uh, well, it's because I do a podcast where people talk about it because <laughs> I actually didn't even know that there was uh, that uh, they were over there chaining in Hungary until James Spencer told me. Yeah. I had no idea. Never heard There's of it. A legend. Um, yeah. 
So I, you know, for me, I was walking to physics class and I just left, we didn't have like TVs in your room then you had them on your computer, but you know, everyone, the word started spreading, Hey, a plane crashed into the world trade center. So just like everyone, you thought it was a crash and we get the class and we're, we have it up on the screen in our physics class. And I'm, I'm an idiot. So I'm in with all what they call rock math. I'm in with the lacrosse <laughs> players, hockey players. I was the only wrestler in there. They're all core squad athletes, you know, varsity athletes. And they put you in a semester behind program to get you caught up. And so I'm in physics with all these you know, just athletes, good dudes, people you want to be with. But all the lacrosse players are from Long Island and they all have family that work in the World Trade Center. So we're watching it. And I remember we had this actual civilian teacher, which is rare. Usually you have an officer. There's a professor, you know, colonel, something like that. But the civilian teacher went over and turned the screen on. And he's like, on to more important things for the day. And the second plane had just crashed. So we knew we were under attack. And I remember the guys physically escorting him outside the classroom. By They grabbed him by his shirt, these lacrosse players. And they were so angry, you know, and, and crying because they had family and they knew people in there. And so we watched it. And I remember the course director walked down to see what was going on because he, he had a professor come crying into his office. And he sat with watch, and watched it with us. And um, we knew our lives changed. And the focus at West Point at that time went from peacekeeping to realizing there's a reason why you wear camouflage. You know, and it's yeah. we, we train to go to war and we're supposed to train leaders that will win and fight our night, not just our battles, but win the wars. Uh, so what if you win a battle? You got to win the war. And so there comes a certain resiliency that you need out of your office for, for that. Some West, some of West Point did that well. Some of it did it very poorly, I thought. Um, but I had a TAC NCO, uh, every company there has a TAC NCO and my, we had a great one for the first three years. He was a, he was a heavy infantry guy, meaning from mechanized. And then we got a guy from one seven, five going into my senior year. Um, and he, and he was miserable that he had to leave one seven, five for this tasking when all hell just broke yeah. loose. And I mean, you, can you imagine being a Ranger NCO and you no. had to, and so he wasn't happy, but he went all in on investing in us. And I remember the first night he was there, he sat in with me and my roommate's graduation week, our junior year, going into our senior year. So you don't have any homework. You're just waiting for the, the seniors to go graduate. And he sat there and talked to me about the Ranger Regiment. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do is my, my life dream. And so for the next year, he invented, like when I didn't get infantry in my senior year, like I was pouting, I was angry, but he sat me down and he's like, Edward, let me tell you about something called a Ranger Fire Support Officer. That's what you need to go be. And so when my life, I thought, came crashing upon my dream, I was not going to be a Ranger infantry officer. You know, then I was like, all right, I'm going to go be a fire support officer. Here yeah. I go. And so thanks to that NCO, his name was Lucas, Sergeant First Class Lucas. He's the one that kind of got me there, you know, mentally. This was an excerpt of the Legends of the 75th podcast. If you want to listen to the entire episode, Go to the show notes and sign up for exclusive membership. Why are we charging? Some of the guests want to know that their stories have a level of protection and can share freely without it being available to the general public. To produce a professional product, it costs money. Your subscription helps us ensure we keep it to the level of what's expected from this elite organization. The podcast is a first phase. We plan to add videos, apparel, Ranger history blog, and more episodes each month. So as Legends grows, you will get more bang for your buck. We don't want to interrupt or muddle episodes with sponsorship clips or ads. Your support is much appreciated. We look forward to building this exclusive group 
with your support. Rangers lead the way.